Hey, hey, Black Drivers, we are back with a new podcast series on what, babe? Well, we're going to start with um, fathering, obviously move into mothering, and then move into parenting in general. Okay, yeah. fathering, mothering, and parenting. Hey, we, we're looking to do a series here, uh, and this is part of our life message. It's been a huge part of my message for many years, Malachi 4, 5, and 6, that God's going to turn the hearts of the fathers and parents to the children and the hearts of the children back to the parents. And we're in our little apartment here in Colorado Springs. We may have some noises. <laughs> and for our Patreon people watching us on video, we're at our new little kitchen table with the map of the world behind us. Yes, this is it's our so exciting. So go through the world. Hey, we're excited. Uh, I'm really excited to kind of journey down this path. I've been teaching on this for 30 years. So have I. And so have you. Yeah. And so why don't you start us off, babe, and let's journey down this path. And what we're hoping to do is just kind of open your heart to what's happening in the generations and why. Mm -hmm. And it all comes back to fatherlessness. Yeah. I would love if you'd give uh, just five minutes or 30 seconds or whatever about how this like passion came into your life. Yeah, well, we we were starting Rock the Nations and I was just meeting with different people um, around the, the planet and around America, just asking them what was going on uh, in the generations. And I was young. I was 26 when we started uh, Rock the Nations. But I, I just got uh, encountered in Kansas City with Mike Bickle and Danny C and all these guys, Gary Weens, mm-hmm. um, and they were all talking about this huge issue of parentless, fatherless people, kids yeah. especially, that uh, didn't have any parent in the home or, or any dad in the home. Right. And, um, and and just what, how that was affecting the generations and what it was doing. Mm-hmm. And so it ju- I just began to study it. Um, I, I had the opportunity to speak at some very large conferences uh, politically uh, with um, some crazy political people. Oh my God. And I think right now what we're watching with the black life matters movement, I, I heard it the other day, Dr. Michael Brown explained it. It's the best I've heard. If you were Corey Tin Boone, and those of you that don't know, you should go study about Corey Tin Boone. Amazing. Her sister was killed in front of her in concentration camps. And if you would have been with her and said, and she would have said, Jews life matter. You would have said if Dutch lives matter or German lives matter, it wouldn't have landed. Because the Jews were the ones that were being persecuted and they were being persecuted at the hands of others. And so it was the best explanation for me about the Black Lives Matters movement that, yes, 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 Black lives matter and they need to matter. It's not all lives matter right now, although they do, um, that we need to focus on there and learn and, and begin to get it. Now, the movement of Black Lives Matter, I do not agree with. I think that. What's behind this movement is what I call a Jezebel spirit, which I've taught on a few times. And it is really to emasculate uh, the men uh, of society and the men of America. And they're not really all just about Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. And so as a movement, the, the women behind this movement are not healthy. And I I'd highly encourage you to go study that for yourselves and figure that out for yourselves before you give them money or continue to give them money. Um, but the heart behind Black Lives Matter and us learning is is huge, but it's all tied into this fatherlessness issue. Yeah. And for me, it was um, in crisis counseling in the inner city. 
um, being a little white girl living in the suburbs my entire life. I didn't know anybody had anything besides a brick home, honestly. And, um, you can call that privilege or you can just say that's the way I was born. I didn't know. And, um, I started encountering gang members and, um, a lot of them were about to become fathers in the sense that they had, they had spread their seed and now there was a developing baby in the process and they were terrified. Um, and I got to really see their hearts and I really got to see that, you know, most of these young men, um, or even older men were not thugs. They were not, they were not evil. They were, they literally were little boys with broken hearts. Yes. And it changed my outlook on everything in the world. And then I became a single mother. And so while I was in, while I was working with fatherless young men and women, my daughters became fatherless and they were two and four when that happened. Right. When your husband died. And that terrified me because I read all the statistics. And so what I want to say at the beginning of this is if you are a single mom, don't freak out because God does fill in the gaps. This is a spirit. Yes. So you can have a, a man in the home that is is emotionally absent and you can, your, your children can still feel fatherless Absolutely, and yes. you can have a, a home where um, the woman is the head, the provider, the protector, the everything. And her children are secure because Jesus Christ reigns in that home. And he is, he is the father of that right. home. So we're, we want to detail this and break this apart because it is what the kingdom was intended to do. Well, and let me give you the scripture that God gave me years ago. And I just remembered it when we were getting ready to start. Um, and when I read this, he told me this is how uh, much of the generation feels. Now, feel, you got to know this. 50% of all white homes in America do not have a father present. 65, 66% of all Hispanic homes do not have a father present. And 70 some percent of, of all black American homes do not have a father present. And 70 some percent, it's a very high percentage, almost 80% of every incarcerated Young man yeah. is fatherless, yeah. didn't grow up with a dad in the home. And, and we're going to give you hundreds of, I mean, there's, there's all so much tied to this issue. Mm -hmm. But I, what he gave me was Psalms 82.5, which is really interesting. It says, rescue the weak and the needy, save them from the hand of the wicked. Mm -hmm. They do not know or understand. They wander in the darkness. All the foundations of the earth are shaken. Mm -hmm. And, and what the Lord spoke to me in that was that uh, the kids that aren't raised with a balanced home, that are raised fatherlessly. And that, again, like Lisa said, it's a spirit. Mm -hmm. You can be a single mother and be and raise the most amazing, beautiful children on the planet because the father is our father right. ultimately. Um, but because it's a spirit of emasculation that's on, our, especially the country of America right now. And it is attached to the Jezebel spirit. And we'll talk about that more. Uh, Jezebel spirit operates both in men and women and is, is the number one spirit operating in the Church of America right now. Uh, but because it, they, the, the, the young people feel lost, they feel like they're in the dark. They don't understand why. And then they what we have taught them to do is then they question God. Mm -hmm. God's not a good father. Right, right, God's right. a bad man. Right. God hates me. Uh, I, we hear it all the time. Yeah. And so I want to start with that premise because that's really where we need to go is to break that spirit yeah. and then to bring the father of fathers in the room to walk in and start healing people. 
Well, and we say this is what we were created for. We did it separately before we met each other. We've been doing it together ever since. Right. And it is it is actually, if we could have one sentence that would be our mission statement, it would be to bring the fathers. And by that, we mean the fathers and the mothers and the children back together. Yep. But we have to go back to the very basics because it's really about how God designed the kingdom and set up the kingdom. And because we're Americans and we are not, we don't live in a kingdom, we live in a democracy. This concept is difficult for us. So I just wanted to give us some. It's so, difficult so, for Americans to it's, grasp. It's difficult for Americans. It, it helped us. And, and we're so professional. I feel like we're being so professional. Uh, it helped us living in Swaziland. I was actually just going to say that oh, my, my white hair was hanging off of your, oh, good. your glass. Oh, good. So okay. that no, everyone would know that we want to be less professional, professional especially on our video here. Yeah. Um, we lived in Swazi and it was a monarchy mm-hmm. and the king was an idiot. He still is. Um, he kidnapped. <laughs> when we say that, we, he's actually a pedophile. That's yeah, why we, he's yeah. A, yeah he's, it's sorry. not a political Let's difference. It's, he's a pedophile. He would get in his Mercedes and his crew and they would drive from one end of Swazi to the other. Across all every, the starving people. Every year they have the reed dance and they make all the girls from eight years old up dance without their shirts on in front of the king. And he chooses one of these little girls. I think and, he chooses more than one. Well, and has them kidnapped. So they get so the family celebrates when their daughter is kidnapped. Think about this for a minute. And and then he marries them. So he's got now 30 some wives. And we met a bunch of them. We'd work out in the gym with some of them. None of them were happy. No, Um, it was it was. was Yeah. So we don't necessarily have examples on the earth of great kingdoms always because, you know, anytime a, a person is given too much power. A human is given too much power. They tend to abuse it unless they are a very, very aware person. The best form of any kind of leadership is theocracy, where there is a king and he has a kingdom and we are his kids. And that's what we want to talk about. That's what I was just going to say. Okay. Okay, So that's your thunder. Yeah. All right. You do that a lot. It's okay. Okay. So (laughs) I think it's fair to say that um, the kingdom of God was the focus of Jesus. Absolutely. That's what he talked about more than anything else. The kingdom of God was the focus of Jesus. And as I always do, we're going to go back to the garden because I love But let's, let's, uh, one hesitation here. Okay. Because many of us talk about, you know, evangelism and in preaching the gospel. Well, the gospel isn't what you've been taught in church. The gospel isn't just that Jesus died on the cross for your sins and you need a ticket out of hell. The gospel, Jesus had said was preaching the gospel in Mark. And so how could he be preaching if he'd already died on the cross? The gospel was about a king and his His kingdom kingdom. and about Jesus conquered death on the cross for you and I. And I, and I made a little video this morning. Would he have done that if you were the only person on the planet? Does he love you that much? And it's a good question for you to answer for yourself because the answer, of course, is yes. He would have if there were just been me, Gary Black, as miserable as I can be, or just you sitting there by yourself on the planet. Jesus would have done the same thing. So the gospel is about a king and his kingdom and us reestablishing that kingdom on planet Earth to make it look like the Garden of Eden. Okay, so the king is about the king and the kingdom. Yes. And the king's children. And the king's children. And so it is not a religion. Oof, yeah, I like that. It is about a royal family. It's about the a Bible royal is family. not about religion. It's about royal family. Okay, so wow. we are part of the royal. It sounds family. like a little Monroeish. Is that Monroe? I don't know what you're talking okay. about. <laughs> um, the kingdom is a governing authority over territory. So we have to switch our brains a little bit because we're going to go back to the garden of what God actually established 
at the very beginning with Adam, with Eve, with their children, what his plan was for a man, what his plan was for a woman. And any of you that have heard me teach know that it is not about the roles of a man and a woman. It is about the purpose that men and women were created for, which is a different okay. purpose. I have a different purpose on this earth as a woman than you do as a man. Thank God. I know. And if we work together, Boom. we cover the whole earth. Okay. If we oppose each other, there's just unity Ooh. and war. Wow. Because we were created to work together. That's really good for, go back to our marriage podcast. That's a good marriage podcast right there. I mean, that's what we If do. you work together, you conquer. If you work against one another, you destroy. Okay. That's okay. good. Kingdoms are countries of citizens. Okay. Okay. So we could say that about America, but Jesus is a king. He's not a president. Right. So he was not voted in. He reigns. He reigns. The he Lord reigns. reigns. <laughs> Shout out to Andrew Sherman. Um, All kingdoms colonize. Okay. So there are colonies like we've, we lived in Africa for a while and the Dutch and the British influence was seen everywhere. Hundreds of years later. Yes. And it's because they colonize that. So the purpose of colonizing is taking the original kingdom and expanding its territory. Okay. So the original kingdom of God, yeah, is to is to colonize, is to reveal itself on the earth. So okay. that's what we were created here to do. So the human family is actually supposed to be a reflection of the ultimate royal family. So the okay, so as a like our little black tribe, mm-hmm. and now it's expanding because we're yes. in all these spiritual sons and daughters and yes. elders, and but our little family is supposed to mirror. What? what the the what kingdom the kingdom of God is? What the kingdom which is of a God king is? Okay. And his kingdom and his kids, okay. a royal family. All right, take so us. We're a royal take us further. Okay. All right. um, we're supposed to be the reflection of the culture of heaven. So that's why you're on Facebook and you're on Instagram, whatever. I don't care if you're Catholic, Buddhist, whatever you are. If what is being said is a rejection of the reflection of the original kingdom of God. That's where, that's how you make your decisions about uh, this is, okay, this, can this you give is us, I fight give us for. Give an example of that. Well, there was, there was some nonsense today of just, just criticism towards leaders that are trying to expand the kingdom and people are nitpicking at little details of it. And, and they're, well, they're let's losing just say big, it. No, we, I'm not going to say it. I don't want to involve, I don't want to start okay. that crap. I don't want anything. To, I don't want to give those people I'll any, take it on. I don't want to give those people any airtime because they're obviously home and alone and sad and lashing out. They're, they're lashing out people. on Facebook about something really cool happening within our tribe and our stratosphere. And, and they're picking at things because of COVID. Just, they're just ridiculous. Just silly. But it, the truth is that, that they're, they're just hurting wounded people. Yeah. And, and by the way, out. the power of God is hitting the planet like yeah. it's supposed to. So which is it's going to happen thing. anyway. Yeah. Okay. So, um, okay. So females did not come from the soil. Right. Okay. But Adam did. Okay. From the dirt. From the dirt. Yes. Actually, can we read um, Genesis 1, 26? You want me to read that? Yeah, you read that. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image in our likeness. And I love the way Andrew says, we, we get his image. We have to choose his likeness mm-hmm. and his image was love. So when it says we are creating in his image, we're just created in love to be loved to everybody around us. So let us make mankind in our love or in our image, in our likeness, got to choose to be like him so that they may rule over the fish of the sea and the sea and the birds in the sky over the livestock and all the wild animals mm-hmm. and over all the creatures that move along the ground. 
which is your favorite word, which dominion. You, dominion. Yes. Remember when we were <laughs> preaching in um, Mexico, Matamoros, Mexico, and you wore out like three interpreters <laughs> and you kept saying dominion and then all the students would say dominion. Yes. That's, I can't hear that word any other way. But it is to govern and rule, to have kingdom power over the earth. That is what dominion is. It's the first thing he gave us. That's Genesis 1. So he says, I want you to rule, rule. to have kingdom and power over all the earth. And when it says mankind, it means human beings. It doesn't mean a man. man. Yes. Okay. Understood. This is a non-man-hating, non-feminist, in the traditional sense of the word, podcast. We love men. We love women. We love we women. We celebrate. <laughs> hey, if you're if you're not, this is the week. What is the, what's the date today? July what? 21st. It's Brett's birthday. July 21st. Happy birthday, Brett Irwin. Shout out. <laughs> hey, this week in Richard Rohr's Daily Devotionals, he's talking about Mary Magdalene and what her real role was. So today cool. was powerful. She was the only one that hang out. She's kind of the apostle of apostles. And so God, Jesus always chose a woman to get his work done. And that's what she means when she says that. Yeah. If you've been taught in any church that women are less than or second class or a second thought, or they're not supposed to lead or teach or anything, read actual scripture because yeah. Jesus pretty much contradicts all of those, those theories. Yeah. And I think we should probably listen to what he says. Okay. okay. Jesus is the best theology. So the first it. and only human ever created from the soil was a man. And this is my big... This is my life-changing statement that my men love when I teach this because it encourages their souls. Men are foundational. Yes. Soil is a foundational. It is something that covers the ground. It is on the bottom. It is, there's only one foundation. And, and we love the way that, um, that Ransom Heart guys say, you know, men were born outside of the garden from the dirt. Women were born in the garden, protected and nurtured. Yes. Right. It's actually, the Bible is incredibly pro-man and pro-woman. Yes. It is not anti-one or the other. Beautiful. It, but it does describe said. that there is there is a, a reason why we're created the way, the time, and the place that we were. Yes. And this should, I want this to empower our young men and our older men. I feel like I've said this a million times. Every time we go speak, I look across the audience and they always ca call me in to speak to the women. And I always have a word for the men. Yes. And it's usually the men that are 50 and over. <laughs> and I just feel like they need to be told you matter. You're seen your faithfulness. You're staying You're you. If you are providing for your family and you are faithful to your wife, you are a hero. Yes. And so all of you all that are inviting us to different things to teach, to come and speak, Make sure you invite Lisa to speak to the men, please. It just will save me a lot of pain. <laughs> Plus, we have more fun when we, we, we travel do. together. We have a lot okay. More fun. okay. Um, the foundation of the family is a foundation of culture. Foundation is the most important part of any building. So, we have been taught totally different. So, you and I just moved into this little two bedroom apartment. Yeah. And we talked about how the, the gas stove heated up so fast. We're not used to that because yeah. we've been in Europe. That was not happening there. We've talked about the, the granite countertops. We've talked about the microwave. We've talked about all There's the no furniture things. here yet. There's no furniture chairs, because so. apparently you have to order it like three months ahead now. <laughs> COVID. We love COVID. So COVID. we never one time, you and I, walking through this decorating, cleaning, whatever we were doing, we never one time talked about the foundation. Yeah, not once. But without the foundation... None of this stuff stands and none of it matters. And the reason we never talked about the foundation was because it's unseen and it's underneath. Okay. 
So that is what men are in the kingdom of God. They are in their families and in their cultures. So they're the foundation. They are the absolute foundation of everything that's built upon. And they are created with wider, bigger shoulders to carry a heavy heavy weight. Yeah. I was not created to provide and take care of my family the way a man is. I can do it. I have done it. You could do it. It wore me out. I have. And women can do it and we will step into it. But I wasn't created to do that. That's your job. Yes. And when you do that, that, that takes me, that pressure off me to go do what I was called. And I, to do. I just told, uh, I, I woke up to tons of messages from our alumni and I just told one of them this morning that if, if he's not leading, then his girlfriend, his potential fiance cannot respect him. And she wouldn't even know why she's not falling out of respect for him. Mm-hmm. But when we stop leading as men and we don't take that foundational role, our women cannot respect and follow us. And they don't even know why. Mm-hmm. That's how important this is. And when you say leading, what do you mean? I'm talking about, I'm, I need to, I, as the man of our family, of our marriage, I need to be leading in uh, scripture. I need to be leading in quiet time. I need to be leading in the integrity of the way I, I run my life. I need to be leading in providing mm-hmm. um, and all of those areas of life. And, and I'm a life bringer, you're a life giver. I need to bring that life to every situation in our family. As a young father, and many of us have done this, you know, we transmit our anger because that's what we saw our dads do if we had dads, um, most of us. And I did the same. I said, I'll never do what my dad did. And I ended up doing what my dad did to my kids. I transmitted my anger. I expected performance. I put way too much on them of religion. Uh, now, as I'm getting older, uh, that's why everybody says Noah at 17 is our best kid is because we're so much more calm and we bring life to our parenting instead of needing our kids to perform for us. That is going to be one of our uh, several of our podcasts have been uh, are going to be really the brutal honesty about what horrible parents we were and what we learned and what we what we could share with the world, because I, I do want the world to learn from our mistakes. And I think performance, all of our kids would agree that they felt pressure to perform instead of being genuinely who they were called. to and, be. And, you know, we interview hundreds of 20 something year olds all the time. And every time they start down the road of kind of trashing their parents, I literally stop them now and say that you could be any of my first five children in this interview. Right. You could be saying the same things about now, not the abuse, not the sexual abuse, not all of those things. But when they're just talking about how their parents were angry or how they weren't there enough, it's easy to complain about how our parents were. And we, we don't get to do that. We get to forgive and release them. And, and I promise you, you don't want to judge them because you'll end up being the same if you're a young parent or you're going to have children, which probably all of you are listening to this. Um, you don't want to you don't want to say those words. Uh, you can be honest, but you need to get to forgiveness right away. Well, and parenting is just leadership yeah. and leadership sucks it because does. people sit there on their couches with their computers on their laps and they judge leaders when leaders are actually trying to change culture. Right. And young people who don't have any life experience can criticize their parents or their bosses or people that are older than them because they've not experienced the decisions they have to make and the pressure that they're under. So until you get to that season of your life, you don't really understand. And you don't know. And that's why you need elders in your life for perspective. And we're not saying that your parents didn't suck. Many of your parents sucked and it's okay to say that, but it's also not okay to not forgive them uh, and to move forward. And it's also been the most challenging thing that I've ever had to do is forgive myself 
for my failures as a mother, because being a mother was the most important thing to me besides being a wife. And so the realization that I failed in several areas when my kids got older and started telling me about how much I failed them, it was horrible because I don't think they realized that I didn't really care about anything else, that all of my energy went to them. All of my prayer went to them. All my time went to them. And it's, I still failed. Yep. So it's not an easy job. It's not an easy job. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to make a big statement here. A real man, a true father does not expect to be celebrated for providing, protecting, or holding everything up Mm. because it is his job. And it was what it was, what he was created to do. And he just does it somewhere in there. However, our men have gotten beaten down in that. And we have a lot of really good men, especially in this country that have done the right thing. They have been faithful. They have provided, they have shown up for their kids and shown up for their wives and held everybody up and and they are berated. Yes. And that to me is the saddest thing I've ever experienced. There's nothing worse than watching a good man that, you know, that you spent time with like, this is a good man. When his wife cuts him into in front of people, his kids talk back to him. He's just dishonored and disrespected. It, it bothers me probably more than anything. I, I I want to come in defense of that man and say, wait a minute, you don't know the weight he carries. Yeah. And we have a responsibility as women to really look at our men and say, what is the weight that they carry? And how can I, how can I show him? I appreciate what you're doing. I appreciate you fighting for our family. I appreciate you being a good man. Thank you for being faithful. Thank you for, you know, providing for us. Thank you for taking care of us and not, let's not only do that on Father's Day, let's do it every day. And how much more would that encourage a man to keep on that journey? Well, it changes everything uh, because you've always been really good at that. You brought me back to life uh, after my first marriage ended in adultery and everything else. I think that um, the reason why men go silent is because of that issue. Mm -hmm. And, and Adam, there's a, a academic silence that we're trying to break uh, in, in G42 in our school. And, and Andrew's been amazing at this. And he's had to deal with this personally for, for much of his life. But um, it, once you're berated and cut down so much, you just become silent, um, especially with your kids, because you can't fix your kids. And when you try to fix them and it doesn't work, your kids resent you for that. Uh, and then you just go silent and say, I'm just going to give up as a man because nothing matters and nobody cares. And I can promise you there's tens of thousands of men that feel that way. Yes. That need to come back a lot. Yes. And and <clears throat> the idea of um, a, a, a man being a good father does not mean making him a mother. We yeah. need fathers to be fathers and That's we need mothers statement. to be mothers because we bring two completely different things to the table that are both equally desperate. Give us an example of that. How well, I mean, a really simple example that I know that I did when I had babies was I was like, that's not how you change a diaper. And the truth is I should have just, the kid wasn't going to die if the diaper fell off. Like nobody was going to get hurt. It wasn't that big of a deal. And so instead of hovering over and constantly correcting him, and this is how you take care of a baby, I should have let him just be a father because my kid, the, the most attached a child will become to their father is when they're roughhousing. Mm. And most mothers want to step in when dads are throwing their kids around and say, no, 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 you're going to get hurt. Someone's going to get hurt. Those kids feel so bonded to their dads and those dads feel so bonded to their kids. That's what dads throw babies. 
like we had Noah and you were throwing him like the second we got from the hospital. And I was having this internal monologue, like, oh my God, he's going to drop my baby. But then I thought, no, he loves this baby. This is his baby. And this is his way. I am cuddling and breastfeeding this infant and washing it. And he is throwing it in the air. And this is how they're bonding. And I don't need to go, you know, here, breastfeed our baby. I need to like be a dad. Yeah. So, I mean, it really is true. We, we've got to tr- stop. We do it in our churches Yeah. and we see it all the time. We've got to stop trying to turn men into women. Oh, men need to be allowed to be men. We were born outside the garden, <laughs> wild, adventurous. Uh, you know, we take our little young boys. I'm so glad about COVID for this purpose. We take our little boys and we sit them in a classroom. We tell them to sit all day long and not be wild and not be rambunctious. And that's what we were created to be. Now, obviously that needs to come into order as we're initiated Mm -hmm. as young men into men. And that's a big passion of ours as well. But, and you can't let a a kid be just completely wild and out of control, but we've gone so far the other way. We've gone so far the other way. And we've over coddled our children. Basically, I feel like most of the homes that we go into have little kids. I feel like the children are calling all the shots and the parents are slaves to the kids. Right. And that's not order either. That's not that's order. out of that's out of order. Men be men, women be women. It's a beautiful thing. Okay, so here's the encouragement is God did not create men to be the foundation of family and culture and life and the kingdom of God without equipping him and giving him everything he needed. So before God brought Adam a woman, he gave him instructions on how to take dominion. Okay, so Adam knew what he was he supposed was given, to do yeah. before Eve showed up. Yeah. That had been such a wonderful day for him. Why? <laughs> like Eve. Like, <laughs> oh, you mean when he Wow. Yeah, and he didn't she even ask for it. God was just, of course she was hot, honey. Yeah, but he was she lonely. She was perfect. There was no, I don't think there was gravity. There was no pesticides <laughs> in the food. Perky things. She didn't have to put all this stuff under her eyes and, you know, mask the fact that she's in a garden that's making her sneeze like I am right now. So, <laughs> I mean, you really can't compare Eve to those of us who are living in the modern time. <laughs> We're doing the best we can. Okay, so if you destroy the foundation because I just I you know one of the things I love about Colorado is hiking and running and it's it saves my brain it saves everything and so one of the things I've been doing is I've been running past in order to get to a trail that I like the house that we lived in when our kids were really little the one that we brought Noah home to 17 years ago and I stood out in front and they've changed the paint and they've changed all these different things which kind of irritates me because it was really cute when I had it but the thing that made me the saddest was that the front porch was like that caved in caved in because that neighborhood is built on um, old mines. Yeah. And so the foundations are not stable over there. And I realized because my dream has always been to go back and pay cash for that house. Cause I gave that house up for, for greater things. And it was my house. I bought it as a single mom and I, made it mine. Uh, and it was really, know, pre- I, mean, I know, know, but it was like the first thing I think that I felt like I really accomplished as, as a grown up girl at like, you know, 27 or whatever. And the foundation is just, you can tell by looking at the front of the house, it's done. It's over. And I would never buy that house now because the foundation is cracked. It doesn't matter how cute I can make the hardwood floors. It doesn't matter what happens to the walls. That house is probably going to be condemned because the foundation is gone. Okay, so you're comparing that to the foundation of fathers mm-hmm. is basically gone in society. Yeah. 
And how, so, okay, what's the hope? I mean, how do hey, we rebuild this? That's what we're going to do before we die. Oh. We're going to keep bringing the kingdom of God and we're going to keep speaking the truth and we're going to encourage men and we're going to encourage women. And we're going to make this really, really easy for everyone to understand that this is what we were created to do. So it's actually natural. Very natural. Everything we're doing now is not natural. So as much, I was having this discussion with Noah's, he's like at 17, he's got to make all these life decisions. He's feeling all these pressure. He's like, if I have to make this much money for me to survive, how much am I have to make wife and my children? I said, you were created for this pressure. And I said, you won't be satisfied without the pressure. It's true. So the men that get up and leave the wife and the little kids, cause they can't handle the pressure are never satisfied with wherever they land. No, it can't be. Never. Right. That would not them the rest of their lives because they stepped away from their responsibility and they were created to take care of that family. Yes. And to provide. And guys, by the way, if you work with young people or if you have young children, young boys in your life, they want responsibility. They don't realize that they want responsibility, but they have big shoulders. You can put a lot of responsibility on them and you need to. You need to put some apply pressure and not fix bad situations. Yeah. Let them hold and feel yeah. that pressure exactly. because that's what we were built to do. Mm -hmm. And when we try to feminize men like we do in our churches, make us you know sit there and sing these feminist, horrible songs about escaping the earth or whatever, um, <laughs> instead of really being men. Instead of bringing the kingdom of God to instead earth. Instead of bringing the kingdom of God we to earth. To yeah. Yes, exactly. I can, I can get excited that if I know every morning when I wake up as a man, I'm to bring the kingdom of God to my family, right. my marriage, right. and then to the earth, to everyone around me. I need to make them all look like the Garden of Eden. When I'm as a man, getting up and I'm just being told that I'm, I'm, I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. This isn't worth doing. All you get to do is go to work and pay your bills day after day after day. Uh, slow death. It kind of emasculates you as a man. Mm -hmm. And we want to bring some hope. Yeah. We want to bring some hope to not just men, but to women and to young men Absolutely. and women that um, even if you don't have a dad in the home, even if your dad's silent now and, and isn't showing up, you have hope because there's a father in heaven that loves to step in and be that father. In fact, you have to allow him to be that no matter how good your dad is. Yeah. We know a lot of really good dads. That's such a good point. Right? Yeah. And that's, and, and that's wonderful. But but we we're, as a father doesn't lead his children to himself. A teacher does that. And we'll talk about that in the mm -hmm. next podcast. A father leads his children to the father. Right. They're dependent upon him, not me. Right. Uh, but I have to demonstrate that. I have to live that out every day of my life as a dad. Yes. And and then and there's a big difference between a father and a daddy. And we'll talk about that as well. Well, in this uh, last week, um, both of your daughters yes. called me crying and upset about something. And I was in literally in the middle of moving and trying to, you know, deal with some pretty All significant stuff, yeah. changes in our life. And they were, it was car issues and job issues and financial things that they had questions about. And they called me and they, they, they were crying. And I said to both of them, I said, you are acting fatherless. Ooh, did I you said, say that? Yes. I said, call your dad. Please call your, you have a dad on this earth, call your dad. And I've noticed that the girls, our daughters who were left fatherless when they were small and raised by me for five years, go back to that spirit sometimes. And when I say, wow, call so your good. dad and they call you all of a sudden, all the, everything's settled and I don't even have to be involved. And so where I used to step in more to be the cushion, right? Cause you were the big, angry, scary, intense daddy. And they're the little children who need to be protected from you. Every time I stepped into that, I, I stepped in the way of your relationship with your children, your children's relationship with you. Mm. Now I'm not talking about abuse, right. like 
if you went to hit one of my kids, I would jump on you and you hit need you first. To. I would invite you, you know, to do that. I'd yes. be the first person to call 911. But the, the relational piece is I was encouraging fatherlessness in my daughters by always stepping in to be the middleman. Wow. Golly, I hope so you're I that let way. you, when I tell them, go <laughs> talk to your dad, put your big girl pants on. And when I, and you were amazing with them. They both called me like, dad was so great. He gave me all the answers and he prayed with me and he did all this. And you, you touched a part of their heart and calmed down their spirits. I couldn't, I couldn't nurture peace into them in those moments. They needed a father. But they needed it fathered into them. That's good. That's good stuff. <laughs> you almost cussed. Wow. I'm telling you. Okay. So what's next? What are we going to go down? This well, is our- we're going to finish this up. And then our next, um, our next podcast, we're going to go into the difference between teachers and fathers. Okay. And then seeing how that goes, we'll go into the actual um, fallout of fatherlessness and then the answers. Awesome. I like answers. So the last two things I want to say is um, the world is full of males, but not many men. Okay. Would you agree? I would agree with that. And the world is full of teachers, but very few fathers, which scripture explains to us. And um, it's not hard to see that. It's not hard to see. So that's what we'll go into next time is the difference between teachers and fathers. And let me just end that with, you know. We have that conversation about eight times a week, don't we? Yes, we do. We have it all the time with young women looking for men. We, we have, have it all the time with men. And we have it all the time with men. And But we still are six to one, seven to one, women mm-hmm. to men. Uh, that did the world race and now do G42. Um, That's all changing. Uh, But the men need to be called out and the men need responsibility and the men need to step up and start being men instead of acting like little boys. We know a lot of 60 year old boys on the planet that need to be called out. And we're going to do that on this podcast. Hey, GaryandLisaBlack.com. Go listen to the rest of our podcast. Patreon.com slash Gary and Lisa Black. Uh, if you want to watch video uh, with our podcast and some other content, we're making exclusive. We're going to up the game on our marriage Patreon uh, level, which is 10 bucks a month. You can join for a buck a month. But any questions, any comments, any thoughts on these? We love your feedback. We're getting a lot of that. And so uh, make sure and follow us on Gary and Lisa Black on Facebook and on Instagram and ask us and message us anything. God bless you. Anything else? God bless you. I'm going to sneeze. You're about ready to sneeze. (laughs) All right, guys. Thanks so much, man. We will talk to you next time.